Welcome to The Hot Slice. I am Creative Director Josh Count. Along with me, Executive Editor Denise Skrier. It has been a minute, Denise. It is good to see you again. I haven't seen you on the podcast in a while. Hey, how are I, you? It's good I to see your, your face, face on Expo. the screen. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen it. your face since Expo. So No, uh, no, we may live in the same area, but we just don't get out around since we're we in don't, our We don't get out of our, our basements. Homes. <laughs> I'm not in a basement. I have an actual office on the first okay, floor. Well, look at you, so, executive. Yeah, um, Executive right. editor. <laughs> But anyway, it was, it's uh, great to be back on here. Uh, I have missed doing these podcasts and, and yeah, just happy to be I back. I do. I miss doing the podcasts with you. So uh, actually, I just did a podcast recently with Jeremy and we we just flowed right into it too. And that's how you and I are as well. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the great thing about working with somebody for, I don't know, it's we've worked together for 12 years now, 13 years. Somewhere around like there. It's it's yeah. decade plus for sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We won't, we won't, we won't really, we're getting to an age where we just don't even tell it how long we've been doing it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So wow. we're doing this episode a little differently, guys, because we have to change it up and we have to bring you new things and always be thinking about what you maybe could want from the podcast. Um, so we were thinking about giving you more deep dives into some things that are happening in the industry or in restaurants, things that we're seeing, um, and, and, you know, get into, you know, the nuts and bolts into the weeds, as we say, (laughs) um, on subject matter. Uh, so this week we've brought, uh, Thomas Reinhardt from Cascadia Pizza Company, uh, in Seattle, Washington, but more importantly, he's also a practicing attorney. So he's got a good, lot of great knowledge about legal issues. And uh, so anybody that knows me knows that I love my Google alerts. Like I live <laughs> by do. having like so many Google, like <laughs> if you want to keep up with what's happening in restaurant news, pizza news, pizza industry news, those are three Google alerts. You just tap and they come to your email every day or every week, however you want to do it. Anyway, this isn't a discussion about Google Alerts. <laughs> but, uh, so, but what I noticed on Google Alerts uh, recently is there have been a lot of news articles around the idea of wage theft. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's something that I think a lot of people have a lot of confusion on, you know, what is wage theft? And, and am I doing, am I accidentally doing wage theft and I didn't even know it? Like with my restaurant, you know, it, you know, what, you know, how can I prevent it, basically? Um, so I, you know, I read those articles and I reached out to Thomas. I was like, hey, Thomas, would you like to come on the show? And let's talk about some of these legal issues that I'm seeing in the news. So you have wage theft. Another one is something that y'all probably are not prepared for as well as you might should be. And that is with your real estate with your estate planning, not real estate, yeah. with your estate planning, you know, uh, do you have a trust set up for your pizzeria? Do you have a will? Um, where, Who's getting your restaurant if something happens to you? Um, you know, in, in the Google alerts, I'm seeing where restaurants and some legendary pizzerias, mind you, have had people in legal battles over yeah. who gets the rights to the business. Um, it's it's and- not a fun thing to think about. But it's something no. you really have to think about and you have to plan ahead. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that where you like, like, these are the big things that you're going to miss if you don't, like, if we don't bring them up, you're like, oh, wait, yeah. 
I probably need to look at that. Like, am I doing wage theft? You know, do I have the proper trust set up for my restaurant so that when I want to leave it to my GM or my wife or my husband or my business partner or whoever you want to leave it to, that everything is spelled out so that you can do that. Uh, So that's what we're doing today. We're getting into the weeds on both of those topics. Legal issues in the news, Josh. Yeah, Thomas you like is, it. Thomas is great. And I I love the way the pod you have you're evolving the podcast. And I think I love this direction. And I think the operators, uh owners and operators will love the direction this podcast is going as well. All right. So if uh if you dig this episode, make sure you reach out to me, D Greer at pizzatoday.com. Uh, and if there's a subject that you are keen for mm. us to tackle with one of our experts or one of our pizzeria, our knowledgeable pizzeria operators, reach out to me, let me know, and uh, and we'll see what we can do. So hit me an email. I'd love to hear about it. All right. All right so, so on to the show. Performance Food Service is proud to deliver high quality products, innovative technology, and custom operational solutions to restaurants of all sizes across the country. The flagship division of Performance Food Group, with deep roots in the restaurant industry, Performance Food Service has been the exclusive distributor of the Roma family of brands for more than 65 years. This signature relationship has allowed Performance Food Service to become a leader in the pizza and Italian segment of food service nationwide. With extraordinary pizza cheese comes extraordinary rewards. Only Baccio Exceptional Italian Pizza Cheese offers the Gold Club Rewards Program with monthly cash back on every cheese purchase. Members also receive funds twice a year to use in their exclusive marketing store. It's their way of saying grazie to customers. Schedule a demonstration at BaccioCheese.com slash hot slice and discover how rewarding Baccio Exceptional Italian Pizza Cheese can be. Pizza is your legacy. Build it with Baccio. Looking to grow your pizzeria or restaurant? Then you'll want to try the power of a cloud-based POS system. With Hunger Rush, you'll get everything you need. This fully integrated restaurant management system allows you to easily streamline operations, accelerate the delivery process, and grow your business through Hunger Rush 360 marketing. And it's so easy to use. Want AI-powered text ordering? It's built in. Need to track orders? No problem. Schedule a personalized demo at HungerRush.com today. Okay, so Thomas, we've seen a lot of things in the news lately with restaurants. And there are a couple of themes that I'm noticing uh, as, you know, I get these Google alerts and they tell me kind of um, key things that are happening in, you know, pizza news or restaurant news. And something that that I've seen um, that kind of hits my radar is I keep seeing this idea of wage theft and employers getting sued by employees for wage theft. Um, What, you know, because, you know, you are an attorney and you're also an operator as well. You know, what what exactly is wage theft uh, in in the reference of a restaurant? Sure. Yeah. Wage theft is a fairly broad term, actually. You know, it's not just it's not just shorting somebody's paycheck. Of course, that's the most obvious thing that somebody would think of. Mm -hmm. Um, But in the context of restaurants in particular, the biggest wage theft topic really comes down to tips and who owns the tips, how do the tips, how are the tips distributed? Um, You know, it's a really hot topic right now for, I would say, probably the last five years or so. We've been Mm -hmm. seeing a lot of enforcement coming um, 
uh, of course, at the federal level from the Department of Labor and also at state um, at the state level as well. And so um, the, the key thing that I always explain to um, other operators and clients mm-hmm. is that tips are 100 percent owned by the employee. And so um, the only thing that you are allowed to deduct from that tip is your credit card processing cost. Um, okay. Outside of that, 100% of that has to go to the employee. Um, now, tip pooling, of course, is allowed um, yeah. in, in most in states. Some, some states, <laughs> Yes, exactly. At the federal level, it's allowed. Uh, Washington State, where I, I'm based out of, we can have a tip pool. There mm-hmm. are some states that don't allow it, and so that's where you really have to check uh, jurisdiction by jurisdiction. But mm-hmm. um, the, the tip pooling can get very complicated. And so um, the, the biggest takeaway with that is uh, – managers cannot participate in a tip pool. And so um, and it doesn't mean that uh, if someone, someone can be a manager without having the manager title. So mm-hmm. for example, somebody who uh, maybe is a shift supervisor and is you know regularly directing the work of two or more employees, they okay. count as a manager, even if, they're, even if their title doesn't say manager. And mm-hmm. so what, we, what we've seen in these enforcement actions that have happened is somebody, a former employee typically, has made a complaint saying I wasn't paid out my tips properly. And then a whole investigation is opened, and it usually uncovers um, some tip pooling practices or even just tipping practices in general um, that maybe weren't 100% kosher. And so that's where most of the wage theft issues are. Of course, there are people out there who maybe short their employees pay inadvertently mm-hmm. or maybe on purpose. And, and that's um, usually a little more egregious. Yeah. Um, but uh, of course, right? I mean, that's the literal definition of theft. But complying with a lot of these rules is, uh, it's really complex. And we're in a unique area right now in the restaurant industry between tips and service charges. Yeah, uh, and, you did and, an article on this recently yeah. too. And it I was did. Yeah. Very detailed. It, it's yeah. It, it, and uh, you know, of course as a lawyer, you have to get into the weeds sometimes, but it, it's mm-hmm. definitely an in the weeds type thing. But a cer- the key difference between tip and service charges, a tip's a hundred percent owned by the employee versus a service charge. If you disclose it properly on your menus and a line item on the receipt, that's a hundred percent owned by the restaurant. And then you mm-hmm. can, keep that for yourself. You can distribute it out to your employees like you would a tip. Um, You really can do whatever you want with it. Uh, And so that's where I think we're seeing a lot of uh, restaurant operators moving toward more of a service charge model model Mm -hmm. to uh, kind of protect themselves from some of these tip issues. Um, But the the key really with wage theft is uh, don't mess with people's tips. You know, if you, depending on what, depending on what your model is, right. If you're a traditional model and you know, your servers keep a hundred percent of their tips, you pay them out a hundred percent of their tips. You're not allowed to keep any of it other than the credit card processing cost. Um, And so what my best practice that I recommend on that, because your credit card processing cost can, fluctuate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I do a review every month on our credit card processing costs to make sure that we're not overcharging that uh, if our processing cost has gone down and whatnot. But that's, that's really the biggest, that's really the biggest issue that we're seeing right now in wage theft though, in restaurants. Um, And I mean, we've seen a couple of local um, bigger chains in the Seattle area have some multi-million dollar lawsuits. I I mean, these are, you know, bigger chains, but it could really, if it's, if it's over a period of time, it really adds up. Um, For sure. And then there's penalties, of course, associated with it and, and all other sorts of issues. But and bad, bad publicity, deal. too, because then it comes yeah. through my Google News feed and I see it. <laughs> you know, exactly. Well, and, and so it's funny because, yeah, if you're a layperson reading it, you're like, man, these are bad guys. They, yeah. they're, stealing pe- they're stealing people's wages, wage theft. 
Well, Mm -hmm. it's really a lot more nuanced than that. And Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, it's, it's an oversight. It's not really an actual, you know, there's not an intentional theft happening. It's really just the, the rules are so nuanced. It's hard for people to keep up on it. And so like one operator or, you know, chain I'm thinking of in the Seattle area, they had a six month window where they had an issue with a tip pool, Mm -hmm. basically with their delivery drivers. Uh, And that six months of not being in compliance cost them, I think it was like around $1.5 million. It was a lot of money. Um, So yeah, exactly. Uh, And, you know, a lot of times too, even if you have um, employment practices, liability insurance, a lot of times it does not cover wage and hour complaints. Um, So it's, it's a scary topic. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting because the U.S., it's a very much an American issue, right? Like we are, we are a tipping country. Whereas if you travel internationally, a lot of times there is no tip. It's just straight. straight And they get offended. They get offended if you want to give them a tip. They're like, well, no, I I get paid enough. Do you think I'm, you know, destitute and can't afford, you know, whatever. (laughs) Like I've, I've traveled with people and they've tried to give a tip and the server's been like offended. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's really true. Very uh, American thing. Yeah. Couldn't be more of a difference then, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So if, a, if an operator thinks, hey, you know, is this something I need to look at to make sure I'm not in trouble? Like, yeah. how can they go? Should they go about evaluating themselves or should they be using a consultant? Should they be going through their accountant? Like, how, how do you actually yeah. evaluate where your wage issues might be? Great question. Uh, uh you know, of course, an employment attorney is probably your best bet who's going to yeah. be the most familiar with these rules because there's a lot of um, the laws in this area at the federal level um, are older laws. I mean, the uh, Fair Labor Standard Act, mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. FLSA is the acronym. Yeah. Um, it's That's almost a hundred year old law. I mean, that's a New Deal era law. And so it's, but it's been added onto over, you know, the past mm-hmm. century. And so it's just a really complex body uh, of law that an employment practices attorney really is going to be your best bet in evaluating everything, right? I mean, because what happens too in these wage theft lawsuits is, uh, at least in Washington state, our um, regulatory authority is called uh, Labor and Industries. uh, And they, uh, when you have a wage and hour complaint, usually they'll open the book and look at all of your other employment practices as well. So they'll say, uh, so they'll look at your handbook, for example, you know, were you enforcing your policies correctly? What does your handbook say? They'll send yeah. out letters to all of your employees saying, hey, were you treated fairly here? Were, uh, do you, you know, were you paid fairly? You know, all those types of things. So really working with an employment attorney is going to be your best bet. Accountants will know some, especially mm-hmm. um, on the tipping side, but in yeah. terms of are we compliant with the law, an employment attorney is going to be your best bet. That's awesome. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. For one <laughs> That's okay. It happens on a daily basis with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, so uh, so there's a second issue that I that I that I sent you a note on that I was like, yeah. hey, you know, I'm very interested in this because I've I've seen a couple of news articles where either families or partners or employees versus families are basically in lawsuit battles over um, over taking over a restaurant um, after the owner has died. Um, You know, and it's something that I don't think like I myself wouldn't like get that stuff in in order, you know, in the right manner to make sure that all of my, you know, all of my I's are dotted and all of my T's are crossed. 
Um, but when you think of, you know, estate planning and, yeah. um, and secession planning, you know, what, what do you think should, <laughs> should be taken into consideration? Yeah. Uh, estate planning just in general is so important, right. Um, to make sure that, uh, you know, your interests are protected and distributed the right way, because the last thing I think anybody wants is after you pass away, whether it's expected or sudden to, um, have people fight over what's in your estate. And so for us as business owners, restaurant owners, um, it's so important to a have a will. It doesn't have to be anything all that complex, um, mm-hmm. but to have a will work with an estate planning attorney. Um, and typically what I have a lot of clients do as well as set up um, what are called revocable trusts. Uh, okay. And so what, what a revocable trust is, is um, it basically, it, it is a part of your estate, but it's separate. And so it doesn't go through the probate process, but you're spelling out exactly uh, how you want whatever you put in that trust, whether it's assets, cash, your business interests, how you want that to be distributed and um, continue to operate. But the biggest thing, especially if you have business partners, uh, which I do, I have two other partners, we're equal partners, um, is in your operating agreement um, or bylaws, depending on your entity type, uh, operating agreement for an LLC bylaws um, for a uh, corporation, uh, S Corp or C Corp. Um, you want to have it spelled out um, what happens in the event of the death of uh, a member or stockholder, shareholder. Oh, wow. Um, and so you really can get very detailed in that. Um, what most people do is they have a um, uh, an immediate buyout provision. So, uh, for example, okay. like if, if I were to pass away suddenly, my business partners or um, the company itself would actually have the option, first right of refusal, to mm-hmm. purchase my business interests from uh, my estate. Um, so whoever my heirs are. Uh, and so that really is the best way to protect your business interests and have everything spelled out ahead of time. Uh, and of course, there's still uh, provisions for how do you value the interest at the time of death and, and all those types of things. Um, but you really want to have that spelled out because that's the other thing that can happen even um, if you do have a provision for a buyout, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you value that? Uh, and then, you know, the estate will want, you know, a high number, the company will probably want a lower number and yeah. kind of have to go through, you know, you've got to haggle a little bit and go through an appraisal process. It's not fun for anybody, but the more detail that you have spelled out in the operating agreement and bylaws and in your trust or will mm-hmm. uh, really is going to alleviate most of those issues. Now, of course, you still could have someone come and contest and say, well, that wasn't valid or whatever. That's that's a more rare thing. But yeah. the more due diligence you can do now on the front end and working with an estate planning attorney and really a, a corporate um, entity uh, attorney in, in getting the, that language on how you want things um, to happen in the event of a death um, into your operating agreement and bylaws is really, really important. And if you watch Succession on HBO, you'll see it. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> you don't no, want to end up not. like those guys. You don't Wait, want I haven't anymore. watched this show. Tell me about oh. this, Josh. What oh, is no, it? I'll tell you about it offline. We but it's, yeah, we uh... don't have enough time. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> oh. That's a whole different podcast right there. Absolutely. <laughs> so what happens? So say an operator doesn't have any of that in um, yeah. in the works. All they do is say, hey, um, in daily operations, you know, my GM is amazing. You know, I'm training them to take over and then they die. You know, is that admissible for the GM to take over the no. business? You know, like, 
are, are there any like it has to be in writing for it to oh, be yeah. valid big time yeah and especially yeah. when it comes to operations i mean you know if it's a gm who doesn't have an ownership stake right and and mm -hmm. maybe they were uh maybe that was being dangled in front of them you know type of a thing yeah. but there's nothing really that uh concrete uh and then you know let's say uh whoever the successors are the family comes in and says well we've never liked that gm you know uh, uh and so uh, you know if you don't have anything in writing and even really you know that's an interesting scenario because the actual operational side of it you can write that into bylaws it's not typically something you would do um for you know who do i want to operate this company because mm -hmm. at the end of the day whoever becomes the new owner of that company yeah right yeah. and and they can make that operational decision um so yeah it's kind of a complex thing but um to keep people from fighting spell out exactly how you want things to happen mm -hmm. um and especially if it's in a trust that that is already operative now so a will basically none of that becomes effective until after you pass away a yeah. trust the way that it's governed it's it's live it's now so mm -hmm. that's the way that it's it's all happening and it doesn't have to pass through that probate court uh to make a decision so um on, on it you know was this valid was it not so uh, maybe i'm getting too in the weeds here but essentially <laughs> if, 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 if yeah where want to go it, 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 yeah <laughs> we love the weeds uh, come on <laughs> Uh, so yeah, a, a trust really is the best way to go in terms of, uh, at least the ownership and then how you want that, the assets of that trust to be, um, distributed and, and managed. Um, so that's, that's really where I steer all of my clients on the estate planning side is put together a trust, have your trust own the shares or the membership interest, um, in your company. Uh, and then whoever the, uh, trustee is of that trust upon mm -hmm. your death will be the one making those decisions. And so, you know, it's really important that you have someone that you trust as the trustee, yeah. uh, whether it be, whether it be, you know, a business partner now, uh, or, you know, a spouse, uh, you know, child, uh, whoever it is. I, I mean, a lot of people even have their attorney be the trustee or, um, there are corporate trustees out there too, that, um, for larger estates will actually yeah. manage that and, um, keep people from, uh, doing anything improper you know yeah. i mean that's really the big thing and that's their whole job but they charge a fee like like a financial advisor basically so mm -hmm. uh that's really for larger estates but um yeah it, it definitely is complex and the last thing i think anyone wants is people to fight over you know yeah. uh, on their death what what's happening i mean it can get really nasty and go on for a long time and then yeah. by the end of it you paid all the lawyers and you don't have that much left yeah. Uh, that's why, that's why people don't like lawyers. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's so, so important. Yeah. Now, uh, with, okay. They, they've done the right thing. They've created a trust. Uh, they, you know, they've outlined everything. How often should they update it? Good question. Uh, it really depends on if you have like a material change in, in your business mm -hmm. or your assets, that type of thing. So, you know, if you go out and win the lottery tomorrow, yeah, go, go and update some <laughs> things. Um, if you've had some operational changes and whatnot, I, I really think a, a good rule of thumb is at least every five years, but more mm -hmm. frequently, if you've had some, some changes happen in that time. 
Oh, that's awesome, man. You're just a wealth of knowledge. See, that that's, that's <laughs> why we tap you a lot to be a contributing writer uh, for Pizza Today magazine, because you just you just know a lot. And go ahead and give give them your disclaimer that this is informational. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. of course, everything in this, uh, you know, it's informational. Uh, it's not attorney-client privilege. It's not legal advice. Consult with an attorney in your jurisdiction um, that, that can really give you advice on your business, on your situation. This is really just more of broad overview uh mm -hmm. and just general informational knowledge that's awesome and our wow. operators are gonna love this is this is yeah. great stuff for them yeah. and uh hopefully you're not charging us by the hour we're, we're yeah right yeah minute, so. I don't know. no no don't worry yeah yeah it's uh yeah every point one minute is uh yeah so uh <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give you my company concerned. card we'll just make it happen <laughs> oh jeez, yeah <laughs> all right well thomas thank you so much for coming on today uh and giving us a lot of great knowledge that I think a lot of people are going to take away um, a lot of information to go back to their attorneys and say, hey, am I doing everything correctly? Because I, I think that's the key here is we want people to get their minds going to check on um, their yeah. businesses. It's just yeah, a lot of stuff it, that follows, falls under the radar. It just really falls under the radar. And, 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 and before you know it, oh, now we have a crisis. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and these enforcement actions are happening more and more frequently. So even if you're a smaller operator, maybe you have one unit, two units, three units, it can still happen to you, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people fall into the pitfalls. I'm so small. It's, you know, I don't have to worry about these things. 10, 15 years ago, that might've been the case today. It is not. And so yeah. really making sure you're in compliance um, on the employment side um, is really, really important. That's great. All right. Well, have a good afternoon because I know it's sunny and warm there and beautiful. So get out and enjoy it, hopefully. Uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you uh, next time. Are you going to come, are you going to cross the country and come to PPE? &E? Pizza oh, I might try to, it's October, right? Yeah. yeah. The first, first and second of October. Okay, I think I'm in town. Yeah, I might be able to make that work. All right. That would be fantastic. All right, well, maybe we'll see you then. If not, uh, we'll catch you around, okay? Have a great summer. Okay. Hey, thanks, right. guys. Appreciate Take it. Take care, Thomas. Thanks. All right, see ya. Bye-bye.